We want to give a special thanks this week to Battle Bards for helping us enhance the soundscape of our story. You can add more music and sounds to your games by going to BattleBards.com, where you can purchase individual tracks or the BattleBards Prime subscription service. BattleBards Prime gives you access to all the BattleBards tools, including their soundboard, mixer, cast, and more, along with a 20% discount on all purchases. Use promo code SKYRENPODCAST, all one word, to help us out along the way. Thanks, and may your story always continue. Hello, Sky Friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world, and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranus Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans, and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrim. mother just holds a hand on your face and you see the tears coming down streaking down the bone of the withering and she just rests her forehead on your shoulder uh i'm um i'm not sure what to say um or what you're expecting uh thank you hey sis (laughs) sorry i was mean to you Um, now I guess you know why. Um, I don't know how much longer we're going to be gone. Um, and you probably won't be there when we get back. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry I never got to really know you. I'm sorry too. You are so strong and so much like your father. (laughs) And your mother stays put right there. Sicarius rushes forward and wraps her arms around both of you. And you see like this, like she's tearful like she's very sad to see her mother like this to see your mother like this and 
but you see a smile on her face and she's like very pleased to have a sibling to have someone else to have family and she steps back for a moment and places a hand on your mother's shoulder mom i i wish i would have known earlier but i'm so glad to know now and your mom doesn't move Sicarius just weeps. Um, I'll be back as soon as I can. As this attunement time comes to an end, you find yourselves back in the grayscape as you were when it started. A short amount of time has passed. A hollow queen and escape look on. I see that you're ready now. Tell me, will you be leaving us soon then? Yes. (sighs) Well, it's always a pleasure to have your kind here. (laughs) Well... When they mean us no harm. Um, How are we getting where we're going? Okay, again, an eyebrow raise doesn't make for good radio. (laughs) Magic. (laughs) I don't know. The last time I did this, I went down. So I don't Mm -hmm. know what we're going to do right now. I'd assume we were going to get some instructions. (laughs) Does seem to be the prevailing method. But if you want instructions, yeah. So as you sit there, or as you stand there, and you're like, we're ready to go. And then you all look around like, how do we go? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Escape. We'll walk, take a couple steps closer to you. Well, if you're really looking to get to the realm of the dead, it's just below us. This is only a, a layer. Now, when a soul comes here on its own, when it passes through, there are some of us. Not myself, but some of us who speed up that journey and push them down through. I imagine it works the same when you have a body. Okay. If you want to be with the dead, simply go down. Before we do that, I believe it's pertinent that we ask, how do we bring Veil back? What are the specific instructions? Because we tethered here before we left. What do we need to do Mm -hmm. to get them to come back? Good question. Glad I asked. <laughs> Thank you. Hollow Queen will respond. Uh, this is more her area of expertise. Well, I'm certainly no expert on bringing people back, but I imagine it would be easiest if they had a tether as well. You could try to pull them up without, but I am not certain how well that would go. The tether makes it easier. They're all connected to this place already. Now they're connected to you. I can't say it would be an easy process if they try it from Coram's realm, mostly because I simply don't know. I've never been. But if you have any other ways out, that might be good for them. But since you've... Wait, sorry. Um, Does she know that you've left half your bodies back in Capris? Nope. Okay. Do we want to share that with her? Because she might have an idea on how to make this whole thing work better if she had all the information. Sure. Okay. What, what I will say is something that 
you three, four would know, or at least would guess, is that if you do not exit through that portal, getting back to your bodies will be weird. (laughs) The reason you split is because you went through that portal. So if you come Uh, back through a different door, you don't know what to expect. Maybe you will exist in two places. Maybe half of you will drop dead. Oh, maybe we'll snap back like a rubber band. Maybe like that is all unknown stuff. You're in unknown territory. Stay away from that. Agreed. The Holoqueen will tell you if if you can find another exit from Corum's realm back to yours, that might be easier. But the tether will allow you to come back here, and it would be nice to see you again, to hear word from Corum's side. So what do we need to do, because you helped us lead this ritual here, to tether our friend to the extra tether we have? I mean, it'd be the same process. Okay. Being here in this location made it easier because you were closer to Got the it. source. Yes. Holoqueen assumes that'll be the simplest way. Okay. Tether veil, pull yourselves back up here, presumably through the way that you come in or leave, enter, however you want to look at it. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Everybody's ready? Ready. Ready. See. Pushing through the snow of the grayscape, you feel a drag or a pull or a current impeding your progress. Whether it's from the tethers or simply from trying to bring your physical bodies through, you can't tell. No matter the cause, the effect is obvious. This is taking too long. How do you make your way through? So this is basically, do you have a skill or an ability that might help you push through this faster? I recall that the last time I did this, the snow can were pushing me down. Can I just ask them for help? You're already like through the surface. Like you're oh, stuck midway. Shit. No, it's not like you're halfway through and you're like little help, little help. It's like you're oh. in the membrane between the two right now. An ability. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, this could be as simple as I want to make an athletics check because I'm going to swim down. If you've can got I make some an acrobatics check to try to shimmy down. To try to shimmy down. Yeah, I think so. Artists <laughs> can do like some twists and turns to try to find the groove in between the current. All right, what do you got? 17. Very nice. Darvin, Ilana, how would you like to get through? What do you have to make this easier? I'm looking. I think I'm just going to wiggle my way through with decks. Okay. You can roll acrobatics as well. Oh, yeah. Prefer acrobatics. Mm-hmm. This is a skill check, not a saving throw. Got it. 15. Also good. Iolana? Hmm. Hmm. What am I going to do? Okay, let's see if this flies here. Under my mastery of air, I have a psychic focus that allows me to ignore difficult terrain when walking. Ooh. Would that aid me in this situation? Because I know it's not walking, but it is, you know, movement. I'm going to say yes. Sweet. Because I don't think I would call this walking or swimming or flying it's like all in between so if you've got Got something that'll help one i will say yes cool so yeah allows me to ignore difficult terrain when walking however you see that playing out what would you like and in which case i think that just works like the uh the pull that was on you the current that was acting against you you're just able to push right through it i mean that's what you get for using magic sometimes things just work especially when it's just ignore difficult terrain it's not even roll with advantage on it something it's just ignore so yeah, 
you see Aranus and Darvin twisting and turning to like move through faster. And you take the uh, the more intelligent route. And you're just like, you know what? Boom. And they see you just catch up to them as you're all pushing through. Very good. Everybody passed. I don't have to be a monster again. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I think I've done enough of that. Fair. All right. Breaking through the boundary between the Grayscape and Corm's realm, you find yourself falling through darkness with nothing in sight. After an uncomfortably long fall, you land with a splash in a shallow pool that leaves you perfectly dry. As your eyes adjust to the darkness, you can make out six dim lights illuminating this massive chamber. The blackness of the room slowly peels away to reveal dark reds and dirty yellows. The lights that you see are set in the eye sockets of three huge statues, two giant snake skeletons wrapped around pillars on either side of a door, and one grotesque creature with four limbs and a hooked tail carved into the ceiling. What do you do? I stop and think for a moment. I've done a lot of research on a lot of shit in my day, um, and recall if I can remember any mythology about a place like this. Okay. Is that like a boost to your... Is this an ability, or are you just like going history? Roll a history check. Okay. Yeah, I think history or religion here, since this is all Coram's realm. He's a god after all, so... But yeah, you can roll history. I have the better bonus. That's fine. The 19. Hmm. Yeah, I think that'll be good enough. Death is a very popular subject when it comes to history and records. Not just how people die and why people die, but also tales from people who have come back. In this world, there are very much so first-hand accounts of dying and coming back to life. None in recent times, say the past couple of years, but they do exist. And this isn't a place that's common. It's not something that's in every textbook about what comes after life. What do the dead see? But what you do recall is that this is, it's like a secondary entrance. It's like you came in through the side door. And this is a place where the dead are judged. You going to give us that information? You I just said that? it. No, no, no. I'm talking to, <laughs> talking oh, to Iwata over there because we don't know that. No, <laughs> no. And Darwin don't know that. They I, might, um, but. Ilana thinks for a moment and says, oh, yes, this is what that must be. Um, this is uh, one of the alternate entrances to Corum's realm. Uh, here is where they judge the dead before they proceed into the realm of the dead. Oh, shit. Darvin or Aranus, anything you would like to do? Uh, I don't really want to get judged. <laughs> I hear what Ilana says and I go, well, I'm not really interested in being judged today. There's the door. I say we leave. Might I suggest, before we just try to walk through the door, we attempt to move through it unperceived. I give myself a poke and go, like, I can't, what are you talking about? <laughs> I suggest we sneak in through the door and not just try to walk through the door. I only have one option, walking through the door. I can walk through very quietly. I'm suggesting we sneak our way in. I'm not saying walk through the wall. <laughs> No, I've I've made us all invisible before. Why don't you just come out and say, like, yo, Arnie, I'm going to make you invisible. Um, Iolana takes a moment, focuses her mind. The light around us all begins to 
blur as the three of us become invisible. Five side points. As you do this, you all hear movement in the pool as a figure emerges from it. Well, half a figure. The humanoid figure appears to be missing sections of himself as if they were peeled away like the skin of an orange. An impossibly deep darkness with flecks of red and yellow light cover the missing portions. Hello, recently deceased, and welcome to Corum's Rep. Oh, great, invisible. Uh, uh, or small. <laughs> or uh, Just let me get through it. <sighs> it won't take long. <clears throat> Hello, recently deceased, and welcome to Corum's Realm. I assume you're here somewhere. Even though you have not arrived at our main entrance, we will do our best to get you sorted quickly. I am Mr. Murray, and I hope to make your death as pleasant as you have earned. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like being the fucking DMV. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> you had to go and be invisible. I have no choice. <laughs> if you have earned the favor of a god, you may stay with them. Of course, you're welcome to stay here in Coram's realm if you wish. And lest I forget, if you have been damned, then your soul will join the rest of these shades, such as those here. As he motions to the pool on the floor, in which you're all standing. Oh, shit. I, can I get out of the pool? Um, <laughs> I think immediately. In just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> if you would be so kind as to give me your names, and I don't know, let me see you, let me know where you are, that would be great. And we can get you sorted. What do you do? He knows people have entered here, but he, now he has no idea where you are. <laughs> I hate you all. <laughs> do you want me to break the invisibility? Well, I mean, here's the thing. We just keep one. Well, if we leave and go out the door, he's I'm, he's like facing that direction, presumably. Like, he's going to see it, hear it. Like, it's not. Yeah, but we're not getting out of here stealthily. He knows we're here. You, it is still possible to stealth out. It's just now you have somebody who's there actively, actively looking. Looking. I don't like the idea of just like, this is my name. But, you know, that's me. That's not, that's not Iolana not liking it. Mm-hmm. So. And this is definitely your choice here. I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying the um, paperwork you're going to cause this poor guy. Um, <laughs> what do you all want to do? I. I'm inclined to stay invisible, but still talk to him. Okay, go for it. I don't just like because he doesn't know what we look like. Okay, so I don't go know if it, it matters. Uh, How does Darwin feel about this before Arnis speaks up? And Darwin is mixed emotions because I don't really want to be here confused for people who are dead. Judd, mm-hmm. uh, I'm torn because feel like if the dude could see me, maybe he'd know who I was, maybe he'd help us, but on the other hand, maybe he won't. So, torn. Torn. Didn't Coram say something about, like, if you can find a way down here? Like, if you can find a way in, I'll help you. Wasn't that, didn't that happen somewhere? I th- didn't you have a conversation with I, him? I think that happened. That yeah. sounds familiar. It was like, if you can find a way in, then I might be able to help you. Yeah. But I can't help you get in. I think that was a conversation okay. just between Coram and Darvin. Sounds right. Forgot it. So this used to is Darwin's turn to step up dead. and be like, "I got this." Okay. In, yeah, yeah. in that case, sure. In that case, what? Just bypass the DMV guy oh. altogether. <laughs> just pray to Corum <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna pray and see what happens. 
You're going to pray. Okay. Unexpected stuff. All right, Darwin, you want to pray to Coram? First, let's hear this prayer. Um, hey, God. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best prayer ever. <laughs> I am in your realm, my friends, seeking veil. You indicated that you may be able to provide further assistance once we were in. We are in. That's all I say. Okay. Roll religion. <laughs> Good luck. I have inspiration. Should I use it? Yes. Okay, I'm going to use my inspiration. Good time. I Good. don't remember why I have it, but I do. You probably had it for flipping ever. Okay, okay. Ready? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm ready. I'm glad I took that advantage. Got <laughs> 21. Ooh, Darwin. Good dice. Mm-hmm. Good inspiration, too. Okay. You quiet yourself in your prayer decorum, and he comes through much clearer than ever before, without any interference between the world of the living and the world of the dead to deal with. And you hear his voice. Darwin, I'm surprised, but not disappointed. You come here seeking veil. <sighs> they certainly are here now. <laughs> no doubt of that. Yes, if, if you come to me, I can make sure that you can move here without being accosted. Where are you now? I think we're in the waiting room. We're invisible. <laughs> There's a dude asking us for, I don't know, to sign some forms or something. <laughs> Who is it? It's Mr. Murray. Ah, yes. Just a moment then, Darwin. And he goes quiet. And then you hear in the room, everybody, you all hear a loud and stern voice as Coram speaks into the room. Mr. Murray. And he looks up like kind of in shock. Like, okay, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Boss calling you on the PA. Oof. Woof. Let Darvin Grimm through. And then Darwin, in your head, you hear, is it just you? Um, no, I brought my friends, Iolana and Aranis. Mr. Murray. <laughs> Let Darwin Grimm, Iolana, and Aranis through. They are here to visit me. But Mr. Murray looks around, shocked on this, like, half face that he has. Ah, oh, oh, crap. Um... Whatever you say, Gorham, of course, of course. As soon as I know who they are, I'll let them through. Mr. Murray, they are there now. I drop the invisibility. <laughs> and he is surprised. <laughs> oh. Which one of you is Darwin? I raise my hand. Mr. Grimm, you appear to be here on special leave from Coram himself. I apologize for keeping you here longer than you needed to be. He steps closer. And as he does, he like, he senses something about you and you see this mix of shock and disgust on his face. You, you're not dead. None of you are. Coram, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mr. Murray. And just like, those of his hands in exasperation. Just, uh, <clears throat> uh, 
Great. Went through all that for nothing. Okay. Well, Mr. Grimm, sorry to have kept you. Ugh. I will let you through. I can't say that everybody will be as kind as I. Not a fan of the living around here. You don't belong. Well, why we're here. Hey, while you've got your boss on the line, can you ask him if he knows where uh, Vale is? Yeah, it's worth a shot. Do I still have my boss on the line? Still yeah, sure, why not? That's a good 21. So then I will just ask point us in the right direction. I wish I knew. I would have sent them along one way or another if I did. Sneaky one, that Vale. Definitely. Very good at tracking the dead. The living, less so. Oh, Mr. Murray will look at the three of you and say, well, if you're going to be on your way, please go. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just start walking toward the door. Follow Arnie. Okay. As you walk out of the pool, the shades all slide right off of your legs. Like they're not holding on. They're not dragging you in or anything. You are left dry. As you walk closer to the door, you see the eyes of the snake skeletons and that figure carved into the ceiling glow brighter and brighter. And you hear a crack in the stone as they start to move. And Mr. Murray just throws up a hand, waves them, no, no, not now, guys, not now. They're good. And the eyes dim a little bit, but the heads of both of the snake skeletons turn and just follow you as you walk out the door. Okay. Here we go. As you make your way out of the room and down the passageways, you eventually emerge from a very low, ornately designed building. Solid stone, dark stone. And you appear to be at the very outer edge of this massive city. Stretched out before you, you see Corum's realm. It is dark. Figures move in the shadows. Flying overhead, you see wyverns, pegasus, harpies, on patrol, keeping Corum's order in the realm. In the alleys and passes below, you see statue-like figures patrolling the streets, massive metallic bulls stomping through. And at the very center of the city, far in the distance, with all of these creatures in between you and there, you see a massive citadel, Corum's home and stronghold. And we pull up and out, leaving you at the front of that building, unjudged, and we fly overhead across Corum's realm to the entrance of a cozy hideaway in the alleys under the shadow of the massive citadel. Closer up, Corum's stronghold towers over the realm, its dark stonework cut with unerring precision. Weaving silently through the darkness, a cloaked figure makes their way to the innocuous door of this hideaway. Closing the door behind them, they quickly place the cloak on a hook, allowing their feathery wings some room to stretch. Karis Bristlewing, the harpy, moves eagerly to a small back room. As she closes the door behind her, she says, 
The sentries are preparing to move on a sweep of the outlands. They'll be easier to destroy out there, unless... Unless you think we're ready to move on to the Citadel. She addresses a trio sat at a small table. In the middle, we see a figure with thinning pale hair, the early stages of a wrinkling face, and a single arm. Their time in Korm's realm has not been kind of veil. Their flesh has aged and weakened, but their skills have only grown, and their eyes burn with determination. Chris, before Vale responds, is there anything else you'd like to add? Vale, I think I love your description of, of them right now because I think it's apt. I think in addition to the wrinkles, their flesh has taken on a, um, a grayer, color as it's aged it's less like the kind of white Mm -hmm. gray that it was and it's like a darker gray Mm -hmm. it just looks aged almost like i think kind of like when reptiles age you see they they, the skin starts to crack a little it's Mm. got a little bit of that going on with it Um, they're definitely and they definitely look older they're looking like they're in their 50s at this point and yet because they've been so forced to keep their skills sharp while their body looks aged, it looks also like if you see those people who like are older but also bodybuilders and they look just a little off, that's kind of how they look right now. Like their muscles are just taut. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that's, that's it. Oh, and their hair is, um, it's cut. It's cut short. Oh, you've cut your hair. And it, it's not it's not cut well. It looks like it's something that's done regularly, like with the the stiletto, just kind of like as a razor, just trying to keep it short so that there's nothing to get caught on. It's very like practical in that sense. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining right now that one of your companions here holds your hair while you do yep. that. <laughs> yep. you've got just the one arm. <laughs> just the one arm. Okay. Do you have a response for Karis? Do you want to go destroy more sentries, or do you want to go confront Corum? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, at this point, I'm not exactly sure how ready we are to go directly to Corum, because it does sound like from your description, there's still a whole lot of sentries out there. Um, I mean, the sentries are staffed by the dead. Yeah, when people keep dying, Corum. It's more volunteers. Yeah. I mean, when you destroy them, they do well. As Vale has discovered here, the dead don't die. They are destroyed. They are gone. It is a soul out of existence. So they don't keep coming back. But new ones do arrive. And the act of destroying those souls is very offensive to Corum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he wishes he could find you. But you've managed to keep yourself hidden. I think at this point, if I'm going to say that at this point, Vale is feeling the pressure of just the need to get out. And so if there's even a slight chance that this is the right time to move on Quorum, they're going to take it. Okay. What do you tell Karis? Tell your people. No, no, it's not her people. It's this group here. It's just this group. This foursome. No, you're a small little gang. (laughs) Karis, at one point, did serve as a sentry, but no longer. How that happened, maybe we'll find out later. But for now, it doesn't matter. She is with you now. Okay. Vale will look at Karis and say, I've waited too long. The time has come. Today we move on Quorum. She looks nervous at the prospect of 
going to see a god in his own house. So before just agreeing to this, Karis turns to the others for their opinions. First, to their right, Nate, please tell us about your character and how you died. My character is an Earl Changeling named Suppression, who was set free by the Nice. All that time ago. Tell us, Suppression, how has your time here in Coram's realm treated you? Um, not great, I don't think. Okay. And why have you teamed up with Vale? Well, mostly because I owe them a debt of gratitude. Aw, that was very sweet. Vale. Yes. How do you feel about having one of the changelings from Earl at your side? It's, um, Vale allied with suppression specifically because their presence is a knife in the side every time I look at them. It's a reminder of the fact that I failed to free all of the changelings in Vale or in Earl. And so every time I work with them, I'm reminded of why I'm continuing to work in this realm to get out of this realm. Okay. Suppression. In response to Karis's question, do we attack the centuries or do we move on Corum? You've already heard Vale's opinion. What is yours? Suppression's just going to back whatever Vale's play is. Okay. Suppression has no opinion of their own. That's kind of sad. Eh. I mean, like, if that was a general statement, like if Suppression never has an opinion of their own, that is a very sad statement. But if it's just on this matter. (laughs) Okay. Just on this. Okay. You had me worried for a moment. I don't know. I mean, they've been traumatized. Maybe that is an inability to questions, but who knows? Yeah. I could always just push those memories down. You don't, yeah. have to, you don't have to think about that. Exactly. All right. So we have Vale. We have Karis, the Harpy. We have Suppression, the Changeling, formerly Earl Earl. And then Karis turns to their left. Shannon, tell us about your character and how you died. My name is Barreras Gray. Um, <laughs> Wait, Barreras Gray? That sounds familiar. I can't imagine why. Um, I died of a um, a rather quick illness before Arnis went off to Bard College. So I've been dead a while. Mm-hmm. How has your time in Corm's realm treated you? What have you been up to before Vale arrived? Um... So in life, I tried to instill in Arnis this kind of sense of what is right and what is wrong um, and the idea of helping people. But I could only do so much in life um, having much the same stature as Arnis, right? Tall, skinny guy. In death, I made it a point to help anybody that needed help, no questions asked, because I figure, well, I have nothing left to lose. So I started like I started picking fights <laughs> where not I mean, not just to pick fights, but right, I started actually like physically defending people as well as verbally defending them, right? Um, and saving people from bullies because there's bullies everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Even in Corm's realm. Yep. Why did Barreras partner with Vale? I think the really simple answer is, is that 
Vale knew his son. Okay. In a way that he never seemed to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Well, not it's not not like that, but like yeah. what, as a like, what did Arnus do? <laughs> mm-hmm. like, right. You knew Arnus the boy, the aspiring bard. Vale knows Arnus the revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the god killer. <laughs> Big difference there. And Vale, what is it about Barreras that made you want to work with him? I know Vale understands the value of having a gray in their party <laughs> and was not going to say no when Barreras approached. Also, just that honest fact of finding allies was hard so when someone said yes i was like cool let's do it all right so barreras you've heard karis's question and bale's response and suppression's response what do you think attack the sentries or confront quorum am i allowed to ask Vale a question of course this is your conversation at your little hideout table why today hmm well, if Carreras' report is correct and we have an ability to move, then we move. Karis is, uh, Karis is confident in the sentry movement. It's not always on the same schedule, but having worked with them before, she knows how to recognize when forces are being moved elsewhere. She says, that won't leave the Citadel undefended, of course, but it'll be much easier to get there without being seen. I feel that I know I only have so much time before we are either found or I run out of actual time. If we have a chance to take it now, we take it now. Okay. Okay. Seeing the consensus in the room, Karis nods. Well, if we're going to go, we should get going. They'll be passing through this area in just a few minutes. Once they're passed, we should be able to move uh, a little more safely. Let's get what we need. Get going. She rushes back out to the entrance and grabs her cloak, puts that on, checks her knives, checks her equipment, sharpens her claws. How do Submission, Barreras, and Vale prepare? Vale has been living a very Spartan, and it's like original sense of the term lifestyle, like always ready for a fight at this point. So there's not much that Vale does to actually prepare because she's already, they are already prepared. They would rise from where they're sitting and they don't carry a pack anymore. All of their gear is now stored in the boot of holding, um, which is <laughs> strapped, which is strapped to their their right hip, kind of like it's they they wear it almost like a um like a money pouch now. Like if they need something, they just reach right in and grab it. But you've just got a big holster on your hip. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of, it's a a boot holster of holding now at this point. They don't carry their rapier like that's in the boot. Um, Mm -hmm. They still have what's left of their daggers on them, two of them. One is on their uh, left hip, so if they need it, they can draw it. Obviously, the denouement gauntlet's still on. The other dagger is in a, uh, it's called a drop draw down their spine. Um, so if they need it, they can grab it right from the back, like small of their backs. So you can do the classic, like, that thing's in my hands. I'm going to put my hands behind <laughs> my back. No, I've got a dagger. They have 
over the course of their time in Quorum's realm, like just managed to die with like mud and dirt. Their nice green armor that they had before is now just like black with grime. They still, when they get up, would take their black cloak with the cowl that they Mm -hmm. wore, um, put that back on. And then before they move out, they'll reach into their shirt with their hand and pull out their, uh, their amulet. Hmm. Mysterious amulet. Yep. <laughs> Something that Barreras, Submission, and Karis have no doubt seen. Yes. And that's, um, that's how they prepare. They're ready to move at this point. Okay. Barreras or Submission, what do you need um, to do to prepare? <laughs> I make sure my armor is secure. I strap on my shield. I got my battle axe in my hand. I'm ready to go. Fucking Arnis's dad is like a 180 of Arnis. He's <laughs> exactly like Arnis in life. Oh, yeah. He is 100% different in death. Death changes people. Oh, and I, I put on my crown. Crown? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I have a fucking crown. Deal with it. <laughs> ah. Oh, please, please describe for me this crown. Paint me a word picture. Oh, it's actually pretty subtle. <laughs> it's a fairly subtle crown. It's not like super like. Oh, really? Super, like, Do you want to read the description for the crown? Oh, I guess I can just read the description. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Maybe I'm lying to you right now. Okay. So this is a, <laughs> it's a roughly hewn crown of bronze and silver. Should I read all of the like? You oh, can I can read as just, much as you're comfortable with. You don't have to read everything. Um, the runes on the outer band have been worn beyond legibility, uh, but they still retain their power. So, so it's it's old, but looks like it once was like a flipping sweet crown. Is the bronze on it like? Uh, is it the term oxidizing and turning green at this point? Um, maybe a little bit. Which is why some of the like runes and stuff are obscured and they're and like worn and stuff, but it's yeah. It's cool. Okay. So we've got Veil, Fancy Magic Amulet, Barreras, Fancy Magic Crown. Suppression. I, How do you get ready? I still don't really know what gear would an Earl Changeling have had and would it have transferred, or do I have nothing? It would have come with you. So what does Earl carry? Like a I think I remember him carrying a rapier. Yes. It's a rapier. It's a breastplate. It's fancy noble clothes. Then yeah. But that, of course, is subject to change if you found anything interesting during your time here in Coram's realm. In fact, I I want to say you definitely do have something magical that you've acquired from your time with Vale, probably off of one of the centuries or in some long-abandoned mausoleum, like a Having a place to honor the dead is weird in the <laughs> land of the dead. But there are some people who were so revered in life or had such an honored place in Coram's opinion that they were given places of honor. So I could definitely see Suppression picking something up from one of these places. Okay. Okay, well, yeah. Suppression gets their breastplate on, grabs their rapier, grabs the rest of their equipment, and the four of you move to the door. Karis opens it letting the three of you out first before she closes it silently behind her. And the four of you slowly, quietly make your way towards the entrance of the citadel. As you approach the massive 
stone archway that marks the entrance, you see a pair of Coram sentries, powerful, dangerous to be sure, two living statues made of clay, and they keep a vigilant watch. How do you get by them? Knowing that uh, they're currently the major source of uh, this, or assuming at this point that they are the major source of all of this searching right now, Vela mm. takes a moment when they're, when they're at a good range from these statues and reaches up, grabs their amulet and whispers to themselves a few words and a wisp of darkened shadow emerges from the amulet covering their face um, and they look like a generic dead creature and suggests that we just take a wide berth from these creatures as we walk through the archway. Okay. Veil with a shadowy mantle covering their face decides it's best to just walk right through the front door. And as you approach, they respond to you the same as they would any other soul here. This is Coram's Citadel. Explain your presence or return to where you came. The pair of them step forward. You see their hands solidify into um, the one on the left. Their hands solidify into giant hammers and the one on the right into sharpened axes as they move to bar and question you. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash skyrenpodcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello and Sierra Jones. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blockland for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B. And thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at dibbermusic.com and on Twitter at dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.